Ugh, you're not fucking getting in my head this time. Pulled out some real shit, Tyler, over these last uh, five episodes that have uh, profiled directors. But you're not you're not doing it again tonight. You may have gotten away with your Interstellars and your Jackie Browns. And I'll, I'll give it to you, buddy. I'll give it to you. You even got, like, Thief on there. That's a that's a pretty hard road to hoe in some ways. I think but, I got Thief at second, I think, is what I yeah, remember. you did. Yeah. You've gotten them all pretty high, too. You got Strange Days to number one. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Each of them, you've pulled out a thing. What did you do for Marty? What was what was your what was your real? I think I got. Oh, I think I got bringing out the dead at like number four. <laughs> that one wasn't even so much surprising. I was okay with that one. It was the other one you pulled. Oh, the Age of Innocence. You got the Age of Innocence to number two. Like you've, you've pulled some shit, but that's not gonna happen tonight. No, no, we're gonna we're not let that. I forgot about the Age of Innocence. Oh, yeah. Age of Innocence yeah. is so good. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So get ready, because on the other side of this. You're in for the fight of your life for the Bong Joon-ho, Mount Rushmore of awesomeness. You don't know. Our list could be exactly the same. It could be. When the final reel is spun And the credits have been run You can count on the wisdom These two white guys talking film Just two white guys talking film Welcome everybody to TWGTF, or as everybody knows it, from the most beautiful house in the world where the rich eat the poor and vice versa, to a riverbank where people are selling things such as squid legs and they need to have ten on there because they're the most succulent, to a place where... Mothers care for their sons maybe a little too much, even more to a place where murders happen and we stare down the face of the killer themselves. This is Two White Guys Talking Film. I am, of course, your host, Ben. And I'm Tyler. Yeah, I tried to throw a bunch of them in there. I realized when I was doing it, I was like, oh, man, I'm really going somewhere with this. Like, you got, you're going to get all of them? What are you going to do for Barking Dogs, huh? <laughs> <laughs> to a place where Ben fast forwards during the first four minutes of that movie at one point. A place where Tyler takes a solid nap. <laughs> Did you not watch it? <laughs> you said oh, no, I watched it. I okay. finished it. Okay, yeah. good. Well, I watched all of them this time, baby. <laughs> that's good. That's good. You should be doing that every time. So, ladies right. and gentlemen, before we go into this, let's explain the rules. Each of us have four movies we believe should be on the Mount Rushmore of awesomeness of Bong Joon-ho. They might be the same four movies. They might not. The point is we are going to now give you increments of time to explain why we believe each of those should be on there tyler tell us about the increments of time for your fourth movie you get two minutes uh, seeing as it's like at the end of your list and might have a harder way to get onto the mountain rushmore and then we kind of go down so at three you get one and a half two you get one minute and with your number one spot you only get 30 seconds and then uh, we configure our mount rushmore together and then we talk about the movies separately and that is how we do this if you are new to this yes do you that. go first, because I think Bong is your guy. And three, two, one, go. The most demented of Bong Joon-ho's work is 2009 contribution, Mother. Hai Jai Kim is a devoted mother who will do whatever it takes to see her son found innocent. Her shockingly raw and real performance makes this noir about love go from beautiful to absolutely demented and disturbing in such a short turn around. And yet at the same time, you don't feel cheated by that. It also 
feels like his most experimental movie as he plays with both narrative and genre structure itself in the way he makes the noir something so different and like so not the typical noir, but it is still a mystery. This also may boast the most upsetting moment in a film by him, and that's really saying something considering this film is also the guy who did Parasite and Okja and The Host. So yeah, that really says something. So at my number four is 2009's Mother. I think that'll conclude my time on it. All right. Three, two, one, go. Not since March 2nd of 2007 when I walked out of Zodiac and turned to my father and said, I don't know if I'll ever see a movie like that again. Has a movie captured my imagination focusing itself on a single crime or event? The same is the movie Memoirs of a Murder, which is my number three. And that movie has really taken a hold of me. The True Life Account of Korea's first serial killer is one of the most well-rounded and expertly chronicled films I've ever seen. It also is the first of several pairings with his favorite leading man, Kang Ho-Song, who is just absolutely incredible. As one of the detectives attempting to unlock the criminal mind at a time where, like, science has not quite caught up with justice. Also boasts, like, an incredible end, which will also, like, end my argument for number three, actually, which is Memoirs of a Murder. If you have not seen this movie, you need to go see it. It's an absolutely incredible movie about crime and the process of justice, like, and what it takes to get justice. Three, two, one, go. In 2006, the second summer I worked at the movie theater, I walked into a movie on an afternoon to see what one critic had described as on par with Jaws. What I was shown was in some ways that, but also in other ways was a deeply effective message about the effects human meddling as well as Western influence ruining the natural beauty of things can do to this world. It also has one of the top four, and I mean top four, Mount Rushmore of all time, big monsters that I've ever seen. And it's, of course, the titular character of the 2006 film, The Host. And The Host is fucking dope. It's an amazing monster movie. Like, that's all I have to say about it. It's the first one of his I ever saw. Ready? Yeah. Three, two, one, go. It's so very rare the Oscars truly get it right when it comes to the final award of their evening. However, at last year's, they did just that. They paid honor to the latest contribution from Bong about a movie that anyone can relate to, even if you've never been in any of the situations you see in this movie. It's a movie more relevant today than it ever has been. It's a movie about class. It's a movie about people. It's a movie about humanity. And it's a movie about lack of humanity. It's Parasite. It's my number one. The movie deserves only one word, but I'll save it for when we talk about it. I think you all know what it is. And Tyler, your number four, which you'll have two minutes to talk about, starts in three, two, one. Go. So I picked Okja, and the reason is is because Okja is just like he's just like so cute. I, mean, I don't know if you've ever seen like My Neighbor Totoro, but like Okja's got a real Totoro quality about him. And like Bong Joon Ho's monsters typically aren't cute. I mean, we'll talk about one in a movie called The Host, not a cute monster. But also the reason I picked it is because I'm pretty sure it's not gonna get on the on the Rushmore, and I'm fine with that. It's pretty good. It's good. I like uh, I like Gyllenhaal in it, Tilda Swinton in it. I really like, actually, uh, all the South Korean actors. I love the guy who quits his job and says it's fucked and they can get fucked. I love that. That's a great scene. It is very fun, and it feels like a movie that of his that may have gotten forgotten between Snowpiercer, which we won't talk about, actually, now that I know what Ben's list is, and Parasite. It's just kind of got sandwiched between those two movies, and I feel like those have like bigger fan bases. But I just, you know, ride for Okja. I think Okja is a really good movie. I think it's really fun. I feel like it kind of gets 
unrightfully uh, labeled as like PETA propaganda, which I don't really agree with. I think it's kind of hits the point home about how capitalism harvests uh, its meat. Anyway, Oksha, it's good. You should watch it. That's my time. All right. So your <laughs> one minute and 30 seconds for your number three begins in three, two, one, go. My number three is Parasite. Uh, I don't know. We've talked about Parasite. It's good. It won a best picture. What do I say about Parasite? You know about Parasite. We've talked about Parasite. The person listening to this has heard about Parasite. It's Parasite. That's my time. <laughs> you didn't even get to a minute. I wasn't trying to get to a minute. I was like a old hardcore punk fan. Well, your number two begins in three, two, one, go. Oh my god, it's Mother. Why haven't we talked about Mother? Mother is so good. Mother is his, like, he takes a thriller, like a Hitchcockian thriller, and turns it into, like, high art. Like, that's incredible. He, 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 he out-Hitchcock's Hitchcock. It's amazing. I don't, I don't understand why we don't talk about Mother more often. It's one of the best pictures of the decade that it came out. It houses one of the best performances of that decade. It is just so heartbreaking and aching and sad, which is all things that I love in a movie. You know that you know that about me. You've 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 heard sixty episodes of me talking about how much I love sad shit. Mother is some sad shit. It is good. It's about a mother investigating a murder for her son, trying to get him off. It's so good. It's so good. I don't want to say anything else about it because I don't want to spoil it for people. But you should go see Mother. You should definitely go see it a second time because on second on rewatch it made a whole lot of sense. Stop. Thank you for my time. And your number one. In three, two, one, go. Memories of a Murder. That movie just fucking works. It works so well. Even on rewatch, I was like, this so good. It's just paced so well for maybe that long. You just never feel it go by. It's, again, it just, like, the, the movie just sort of fits. It's based on a play. It's really well written. It's very tight. Just everything about that, it's just so good. Every arc pays off. Memories of a Murder, man. You, have, you haven't seen Memories of a Murder? Come on. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop. Why are you here? So, let's begin the negotiation. I don't know. We have three that are on both of our lists. Yeah, this was pretty similar. So, on the, the only two that are different are Oakja and the Host. Look. Like, the next Mount Rushmore of awesomeness is very important to you coming up. Whereas... I feel the same way I think about that person that I do about that you do about this. I like that person. I don't love that person except for like maybe one or two things. Like that's how I think I kind of feel about, about the next person. So I'd be willing to give you a consideration. Cause I love the fucking host. Like the host is almost number one parasites. Just like kind of got all that steam behind it that pushes it ahead. I get that. I think we should probably have the host. I don't know if there's enough spit shine I can put we can put on Oksha for it to like knock the host off. Because I feel like the yeah. host is maybe more okay. important. Okay. Well, um, then, I, then I'm gonna say this. Memories of a murder can go at number one if you're comfortable with that. Yeah, I know I'm I'm real comfortable with that. Okay, so we'll put <laughs> memories of a murder at one. Let's put Parasite at four because I have no problem with it being like, as long as we're, it's on the list, let's put it at four because we have talked about it. We'll touch on it briefly. We'll do the little, we'll do the little final send off like we did with the Irishman. 
and everything or whatever one we talked about. But our final send off for the Irishman was 30 minutes long. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> we, that's still right talked, we, did... we still like re talked about the Irishman. It was amazing we did it twice. Like, if you listen, you're like, God damn, they got more shit out of the Irishman. I mean, it's three and a half hours fucking long. Why wouldn't we? We're I think talking we're about more, it in hour I think long. We're going to get more out if, of Parasite. We both just recently watched it. I mean, if 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 we were true to ourselves, we we got like an hour. We got we got like an hour out of each hour of the Irishman. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's put Parasite at four. Memories at number one. I'm cool with Mother being at two and Host being at three. Yeah, that sounds good. Essentially, refl- essentially, you're flipping around my list almost. Almost. Like if, I mean, if mother, actually, if, if you want was just, at one, well, yeah. If you want to flip hosts and mother, I'd be fine with that. Do you want to put mother at one? No, let's we'll put mother at three. Oh no, I don't have a problem with host being at three, dude. All four of my movies are on the list. Like that's pretty hard to bitch about. I you could you could be like yeah, parasite. You could be like parasites at four. Host is at three. Yeah, like like I said, I have no problem with it. It's pretty hard to bitch right. if all four of them are on there. Yeah, I guess they're not wrong. So yeah, so I think we're agreed. It should go Parasite, Host, Mother, Memoirs of a Murder. Are you good with that, or you want to move anything around? Yeah. I just realized you were doing it like reverse. Like, you're doing yeah. from four to one, and I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm not upset with Parasite going first, because like it won him a Best Picture Oscar and a Best Director Oscar. Like I'd be fine with that. I think we're actually almost working backwards, too. Minus Mother and Host. Yeah, if you flip Mother and Host, you're actually like going perfectly backwards. You know what? Let's you know what? Let's flip mother and host. Let's make mother number three. Let's make host two. And then we'll go backwards. Because I think we can talk about that kind of as a like a as a talking point. We are because we are we are we'll end up be skipping two of them though. Just a little now. Yeah, that's no, we'll be skipping three technically. Well, I mean we'll not get to barking dogs, I guess, but yeah. Yeah. But yeah, do you want to do that? You want to swip swap those? Swipity swap? Yeah, that sounds good. Alright. Well then let's start. That was my our... argument before. Yeah. <laughs> So we're just going to do the gift shop. Right, right, right. Gift shop. Yeah, let's let's do the gift shop, I guess. Exit into the gift shop. I guess we'll start with the one that didn't get on Barking Dogs Never Bite. Um, dog tag? Uh, dog leash. <laughs> not, not, not one of the dog leash. Ugh. They almost hang a dog in this movie. Like, I know it's not real, but fuck me, that's upsetting. They throw a dog off a building, Ben. Yeah, that one sucks too, for sure. But like, I'm just saying the dog one on the the hanging. I'm like, no, I don't like that. Like, I'm sure the dog who got thrown off the building died instantly. <laughs> like, I can believe that. I mean, it was a little freeze, chihuahua, but... and I have a chihuahua, like a like a pug chihuahua mix. So like, when that happened, I like I like walked out of the room and like walked over to him. Hey, and then walked walked back. No one's ever it. gonna throw you out of a building unless you <laughs> piss me off. Because I'm that guy for barking dogs and never bite. You understand me, you little son of a bitch. And he's just like, help! <laughs> like, like, and your your lady's just like, I can't. I'm sorry. He's he's embraced this character now. It's all, it's all his. No one's ever going to throw you off a building unless. So yeah, dog tags. I like dog leash. Um, well, we'll just make it our dog stop on the on yeah. these uh, just, tours. Yeah, you just get dogs uh, food. I've decided we're not we're not doing these all over the world. We're gonna do them next to each other. We're just gonna build a bunch of them until they stop us. Until the government comes and gets us. 
I think that's good. What's uh, what's next? What we don't need memories. Do we want to do something for memories of murder? No, 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 because we don't do them for the ones that are up there. Oh yeah, I guess that's true. Although if I did, it would be just you would get a crappy, cut out, holdable mask, like on a <laughs> stick of Kang Ho Song, looking at you. <laughs> Me, it would be like you just you get you get a you get a severed leg. What is wrong with you? Where are you getting those? <laughs> You don't need to know. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. That's your side of the business. Whatever you want to do to make your money is fine. Yeah, you don't need to know. Weird. Let's see. That moves us on. It's to Snowpiercer. Yeah, Snowpiercer. Cool, cool action figures, I guess. Hatchet. You get, you get a train and you're going to like it. Just, just wait, like a full size train or just a toy train? Whatever your budget can afford. Show me your credit score. Why? I'm going to determine whether you get a toy train or a real train. <laughs> Ooh, how have you got with the real train? Too? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you get a, you get a, you get a toy train. Ooh, forty-five. You get to leave. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Okja. Well, I was going to say you get a super pig, but you you get a sweet uh, animal uh, liberation front tattoo. For me, you get to put on fur and then have just paint thrown at you. And that's where I'm going to go to work out my aggressions. <laughs> it's just when I they'll think it's an experience. I'm just working out my hard-earned aggression. And real quick, do you want to do you want to say where these ranked for you? I mean, nothing of mine didn't get on, I guess, right? So, I would say Okja probably number 5. Uh, Snowpiercer's number 6 and I think number seven is barking dogs yeah it essentially goes in backwards order from the front so mine mine after oaksha would be uh the host and then it would be i think i think barking dogs snowpiercer really did not care for snowpiercer it's got like really good things in it and they don't use them enough it's chris evans is really strong in that movie I, I agree. I think the like, movie has really good moments. I think Edward Ed Harris coming in, that's fun. Um, you heard the whole, like, analogy to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? Have you heard this shit? I, no. I, I mean, yes, I can see it, but also, like, I kind of don't. How fucking dope is Allison Pill in that movie? She's good. She eats yeah. it, too. She's real oh, good. She does. Tilda Swinton's great in it, too. She's, she's good in both that and, and Okja, I think. She's terrifying in Okja, too. In two very different ways. In two very yeah. different roles. In two very different roles. So, yeah, it's a gift shop. Yeah. Gift shop is now closed. <laughs> what was that noise? It's me shuddering it. Oh, fair enough. And let's start at our number four. What's our number four? We're going to be talking about all of these movies. If you don't want spoilers, then I guess you should probably not listen to the rest of this episode or skip forward ahead to a certain point. It'll be in the show notes. You should look at the show notes. Number four is Parasite.
아 잠깐 제시카 외동딸 일리노이 시카고 과선배는 김지모 그는 이사촌 I mean, y'all know what the clip's gonna be. I don't need to explain that to you. It's back, baby. Ben found a new way to fucking get that clip into the show. God actually, damn. actually, can I tell you the new one that's just that's just made me almost that made me almost fall out of bed this morning. Yeah. So you remember when they fall down the stairs, right? When the mom mm-hmm. is talking to the former housekeeper, they fall mm-hmm. down the stairs, and the woman takes the video of them, right? Uh-huh. Dad like turns to the daughter and he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, there's no Wi-Fi down here. And she goes, it's working perfectly. And he goes, fuck. And she goes, I'm going to show this. And like the housekeeper goes, I'm going to show this to your, to the missus. And Kang Ho's song takes his voice to a girlish octave and goes, and like the line is, um, the line is, listen here, lady. Like he like and he, and he, and he goes he goes why would you do that to those those nice people they've never done anything to you and like he just like just like the tone he like li- listen to when he does it because the camera is like that old boy shot of him running down the corridor it's that shot following him but he goes ah! and like it just it hits so nice and loud and I'm like I'm like that might be the funniest thing I've ever seen since we're just probably gonna start the parasite talk let's just do it I love when he's acting like when he's like. Oh. He's like acting out like the thing that the 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 son wrote, and the son's like, no no no, you're like up here, like you need to be down here, like you need to control your emotions, in here, like and he like hits his chest. I find you that know I don't know Bong, something Bong about that was there before so two minutes ago, and he's like, he goes, do it like this. <laughs> he's like, you've seen, you've seen me do it, yeah, okay, just just do what I do. <laughs> you know, Ki Woo, the character of Ki Woo, the main guy. You know who that is, right? Who is that? That's the kid who's like, I don't give a fuck. This company's going yeah. down. Yeah, that's yeah, him. No. Okay, I didn't know if you knew that was him. As soon as we saw him in the truck, we we're like, "Oh, that's that guy." Yeah. Oh. As soon as I saw the other guy in Oaksha, that was like the guy he's driving with, I was like, "Oh, it's a detective from another." It is the detective. By the way, Oaksha does not have a drop kick; it has a full body throw. It does. But every movie herself... up until Oaksha has a drop kick. That's so funny. Parasite had a moment to have a drop kick. By the way, when they attack those two with the phone, there should have been a drop kick in there somewhere. It has a very light drop kick where the mom like it's not like a drop kick; she doesn't drop, but like there's like a super kick moment where the mom just like kicks her down the stairs, like she hits her right in the chest. It's very funny. Well, so we've just spoiled the shit out of <laughs> Parasite, a relatively new movie. No, fuck them. That movie won best fucking picture. If you have not seen that movie by now, sorry, Charlie. I don't feel that bad for you. Like, that movie was the biggest thing on the planet. Like, that movie is the best movie according to the most prestigious set of awards by the public's opinion in 2019. Like, nah. And let's be honest, if you ain't seen that movie, you ain't supposed to be listening to this podcast. Oh, no. More inclusive. Here, I'll record something (laughs) for you. You piece of shit. I like to be more inclusive. You son of a bitch. You sold me down the river to the fans. I still do for I still do for some beads, man. Oh, just like the ones that were around the neck of that little boy who's pretending to be an Indian. That scene, God, just how they address how bad that is is so great. I like the thing is is like you're supposed to, you're you're as an American you're supposed to be like I'm uncomfy with that. I don't like that. Yeah. And it works. I like it. It's good. It ain't me uncomfy. 
Yeah, I think it's supposed to. I mean, I said it, it's a movie about class systems, man. Upstairs, downstairs movies where, yes. where it's like about the rich people and about the servants that serve them. That's like literally the idea this behind down, this. It's like this old Downton 30s. Abbey if it was fucked up. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Downton Abbey if they lived in a basement. Uh, <laughs> down like an actual in abby they're like they're like yeah. why'd you say it for so long he's like because that's how far down they are and i think you kind of get a decent glimpse at some of the like class and social issues in south korea just through bong joon ho movies and i will say it south korea ugh. i mean i can't as an american judge but man come on i will say this one of the things i've never noticed and i i will tell you tyler i think i've seen this movie I'm going to say six times since it's been out. I've really gotten behind this movie in a big, bad way. I mean, shit, I said it from the minute I walked out or the minute I watched it on my TV to the minute I saw it in the theater. I was like, yeah, this this is the best movie of this year. Like, fight me on this. Change my mind because you're not going to find something that's going to be better than this. And it was like it, it won everything it should. It did really well. But at the same time, it's also a movie that's really, really strong and has like a really strong heart and message to it. Like this is an important movie. People need to pay attention to a movie like this. This is some of the best work of like a generation. And they realized it. It's amazing that Hollywood got behind a movie like this. I mean, I could disparage and like talk about why Hollywood get behind a movie like this. But, you know, I'm not going to go down that route. I think it's good. I think it's still kind of in like, yeah, <laughs> it's like not my fave of the year but i still think it's good i'm glad it, uh, glad it won a lot of awards i'm glad for bong joon ho who's a director i really respect he's a director i really like one thing i did notice and I, th- I thought it was really smartly done is when they run back after the flood like while it's raining really hard from the park house to their own home they're running from almost universally from right to left which you can kind of like just like the way that they're moving your brain automatically goes like oh they're like they're like deep they're like deep progressing they're like going backwards essentially to get back mm-hmm. home and i thought that was like a really smart visual he not only does that he, isn't... he also cuts like six times and you can if you notice every time he does it there are stairs and they mm. are going down those stairs and you're like oh they're really climbing down low like they live in a really impoverished area clearly like, if they have to go this far away. Yeah, it's really smart. Like, I think we're talking about the same concept, essentially. It's pretty much. He's simultaneously like, look at how far down they have to go, and also, like, look at how far backwards they have to go. I mean, I'll say this. I'm glad they gave him an Oscar for a movie and a directing position that actually felt deserved. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not like, fuck, we really fucked up. Like, this isn't like somehow Memories of Murder gets to the fucking Oscars and they don't give it to him. And then like years down the road, he directs a very average movie. Like, and they're like, yeah, there it is. It's like, no, he's cooked. He's done his time. And he's honestly made like, probably like the most accessible, but in some ways, one of the best movies he could possibly make. And they rewarded mm-hmm. him for it. I'm I'm happy he got it for this. Yeah. And I think I don't want to dwell on Parasite too much because like, I guess, again, we've talked about it a lot. I don't want another Irishman thing to happen when we're just talking about the same movie for fucking like 30 minutes because we've got other movies that are as interesting to talk about. But yeah, I'm glad that Parasite won all the awards. I'm glad that it'll be the last movie I probably the last best picture I ever see in theaters. Probably. Who knows? No, um, shut up. No. At this point. <laughs> 
I do really enjoy Parasite, even if it, it doesn't sound like it all the time. I really do like Parasite, and I'm really oh, glad that people got behind it. I guess that takes us on to our number three. Which is Mother. This one doesn't have an exclamation point. Yeah, go fuck yourself, Darren Aronofsky. This is the only movie mother I recognize. I'll tell you what, that mother kicked the shit out of Jennifer Lawrence. Wouldn't even try. And Jennifer Lawrence, like, essentially remakes the world in her movie, I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't even know what that she's, movie's about. I, I believe she's Mother Earth in that movie. I think that's what she's supposed to, I think we're supposed to get. I kind of like Mother I Which think? one? The Aronofsky the other, one? The Aronofsky one? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I remember hating it when I saw, went and saw it, but it's kind of, I don't know, I've lightened up a little bit. I I cannot stand that movie. I think it's fine. But we are here to talk about this mother. The good I, mother. Yeah, you, you son of a bitch. I've been holding this in for like five days. You son of a bitch. You need to you need to start like pushing your agenda more because it'll get me me to watch movies like this. Like, god damn, why didn't you push harder with how good this movie was? Why didn't you say this is like if he made a David Lynch movie? Well, because I don't know if it's really like if he made a David Lynch movie. Uh, I feel a like it's more of Lynchian vibes to me. I mean, there's at points Lynchian vibes, but I think this is much more of a riff if you will, and I've said this before, on Hitchcock's, like, The Wrong Man. Kind of like a North by Northwest, where it's just, like, a guy kind of trapped in a, in a tight spot who might be the, the wrong person. In this case, it's a, a mentally uh, handicapped. Or he seems to be, like, kind of slow and a little weird. Seems to be kind of, like, mentally challenged man who is framed by the Korean police because he's a very easy scapegoat for a murder that he his mom is convinced that he did not commit. And so the mom is now investigating the murder and making sure and like going all these corridors. And it's about this like really, really impoverished mom. 
the movie frames it as the son being mentally handicapped and the mom who's very poor they're very poor the mom is trying to find like a way to exonerate him trying to find evidence to prove that he is innocent anything that he can really find and then he also has a friend that might also be doing shit like weird spooky shit trying to like get some information is the son mentally challenged i don't think so i don't think he's dumb at all honestly think he's high functioning autism like and here's why like that scene where the guy says what he saw you know what let's walk through the movie just a little bit and we'll we'll get there like because okay. i don't think we can talk about this movie with that and you said you put your little spoiler thing guys we're gonna spoil all these movies so like we are gonna talk about them the way we would normally we do this every time i don't know why we're doing this like this is our first one of these like yeah, it's just, we, just a i mean Bong Joon ho i think because of the fact he's, that he's a little green. more obscure yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, he's, I, I wouldn't say obscure, but he's, his films come with a barrier to entry, and people who don't want to watch South Korean films may not have seen his older stuff. Understandable. So they might not have seen his older movies. You know, fair warning. We're going to spoil all of these movies. Uh, we're going to talk about the endings, talk about all the juicy innards, uh, and all the good stuff. True. Very true. This movie is about a guy, as you said, who is accused of a crime, and because he's very poor and he's kind of mentally incompetent, they think they're just going to kind of put this over on him. It's weird. Like watching this after closely watching Mem- memories of murder, I was like, huh, weird. Like these cops are kind of the same, just a new generation almost. It's almost as if in some places in South Korea, things have not gotten better. <laughs> Perhaps worse. Hmm. Interesting. Much to think about. <laughs> yes. Very much to think about. So, they put this guy and his mom is just like, no, he didn't do it. Like she's relentless about it. The mom's immediately like, he's innocent. Yeah. She's like, look at him. He's a dummy. Yeah. Like he couldn't possibly do it. And we don't see it happen. Like at this point, by the way, the sequence where he follows her home is far and away the most well-executed piece of tension. I think I've seen in like five years. It's like, so creepy. When that rock comes out of there, that scared the shit out of me. I was in the bed alone. Like, Brielle was watching something on the couch, and I fucking jumped. And I was like, I really wish someone had been here to see me. Like, it was so fucking disturbing. My girlfriend jumped, too. It's very, it's, that's, uh... I, I also think the way he frames the doorway, and I think what you're talking about is, like, Lynchian, I think that does have some Lynchian vibes of just, like, well, this doorway and there's just something flying out of it. Because you're like, I swear to God, someone is probably, like, strangling her to death in there right now. That's the only thing I could think of. I was like, what is happening in that darkness that you can't see? The movie kind of makes it as, like, is this what actually happened? Is this his, like, memory of it? Is this, like, his his recollection of the events? Is this, like, something that actually happened? And it's later on when he maybe says something. Is he lying? Like, you don't know. You can never really get inside the main, like, that guy's head space. It's, like, you just it's never weirdly, it. It's weirdly a Rashomon with one person. Yeah. Like, it's almost a one-man Rashomon until the actual point where in actual Rashomon, you get the real story of what happened. And, like, then that's even more, like, that's even kind of, it is kind of weirdly like a one-man Rashomon, like, but, like, she's kind of trying to investigate it. I feel so bad for her. Like, oh. Here's my second question. Did she fuck him? Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't know how better to ask. You don't think so? You don't think so? No. 
There's oh. a weird thing going on there, dude. Like, no. why do they sleep like that? Like, I don't know. They're poor. They have one bed. I guess that's fair. Second question. Did she fuck his friend? That, nah. You don't want to believe mother's Maybe. evil, do you? I don't think she is. If anything, she would have done something like that in order to get, like, food or, like, rent. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think she would use it in, like, an evil way. I think it'd be much more in a, like, I need to survive way. But the movie makes you feel really sad for her. It makes a really empathetic portrait of the, of the mother character. She's your titular character. You have to root for her or the movie doesn't work. And you fucking root for her. I mean, the movie's written for that actress. She's amazing, by the way. Yeah. Like, he where met was her, in her Oscar? And then, I know. I know. Where was Mother's Oscar? He met her in 2004 and then wrote, like, the whole movie essentially around her. That dancing scene at the beginning, you're just like, fuck, what is happening? In order to get that dancing scene, to shoot that dancing scene, he had to dance behind the camera to make her feel comfortable. Did he really? So this is like video of him like dancing like in the video village, and it's like really cute. That's adorable. I love Bong Joon Ho. He's a very cute director. But I love that you. It starts with that dancing scene, and then like why the movie comes back to it like later on, and you see why the dancing scene happened, and it's very heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking because it's also it just starts to kind of slow down at one point. And you're like, oh, this was just kind of like to give you one last little glimpse of happiness before it just kind of gets real fucked up, fucked up and twisted. Mm-hmm. She gets she gets bad here. This is the movie where I first realized that Bong Joon-ho loves dropkicks. <laughs> I mean, mine's the host. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I didn't see that. It's so funny, right? Ever. It's so funny. Like, by the way, please... they fuck up the wrong car. Like, I think that oh, I think I know. They, they never really mentions it, but that's like clearly not the right car. How great is it when he has that breakthrough and he goes, I didn't kick off the mirror. <laughs> so she goes and she goes and she does everything she can. And it becomes this kind of like almost blue velvet thing where like the world starts to like swirl down and get darker and creepier. Like the more she delves in, the more like twisted she finds out the actual world is. I think like, I, I think the idea is that like, she didn't think about think about how dark the world was before this, but now that she's like out doing this, like she can kind of see how grimy and sleazy things are. Oh yeah, like she had to leave more the more safety upsetting. of her. Like, what does she do, by the way? What is that job? I have no fucking idea. I think it's some, something to do with like <sighs> cutting up grain to. I think sell it's it. got to be wheat or something, right? Like wheat. Like I think it's like a wheat or grain that she's selling. It's a meager existence because, like, they live above the shop, and it's it's not great. You know what else is not great, Tyler? The 2009 Best Actress race. Ready for this bullshit? Meryl Streep for Julie and Julia, Gabrielle Sadib for Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire, Carrie Mulligan for An Education, no problems, Helen Mirren oh, right. for The Last Station, and Sandra Bullock for The Blind Side. Where the fuck was Mother's Oscar this year? Like. I'm going to ask again. Where the fuck was that Oscar? If I remember correctly, this was a period of time when if you weren't coming from France as like a foreign movie or you weren't coming from the European countries or Japan, Much. it was kind of lost. Um, South shame. Korean cinema for a while has, has a long history dating back to the 40s and 50s, but they don't have a whole lot of long history of like respect 
in America. I mean, there's the art house respect with movies like So Kim Duck, who did uh, Three Iron, which Ben, let me borrow, what is it? Fall, it was it fall, spring, winter, summer. spring, yeah. summer, fall? Yeah, something Maybe like summer, that. Summer, fall, something, summer. I think it's spring, uh, summer, winter, fall, spring. There you go. Yeah. A few others tossed in some Taiwanese cinema around the same time. There wasn't like a whole lot of investigation of South Korean cinema. And I believe, even though his last two films were Memories of a Murder and The Host, I think Mother got like released on like Magnolia Pictures. It did. Yeah. Which is not a great like Magnolia. I love them because they put out a lot of weird shit. They don't they, have a big imprint in America. <laughs> they put they put out like every one of his movies up till Snowpiercer. Yeah. Like they were his distributor pretty much for every one of those movies. So say what you will, he did some of his best work with Magnolia Pictures. Which is interesting because Barking Dogs uh, Never Bite didn't get released until it got released like with or like after Mother in like 2009. Makes which sense. Is very weird. But also it makes sense because that movie's so yeah i think it just didn't have didn't, didn't finish that sentence i see i did the uh like a the hand thing where you kind of like make it flat and you move it up and down i think you, you just like, use you the meat use the meat water expression it's fine it's fine like it's fine. wine yeah it is fine anyway i just don't think it made like a lasting imprint because i gave him the host i remember people people saw the host when it came out like people uh, yeah. saw memories of a murder when it came out i just don't think i think they're like the the like the early 2000s to 2000s like to 2010 ish there was just not a whole lot of love for south korean cinema yeah and that is a shame because there was good stuff I mean, three iron spring fall summer winter spring like you said very solid movies i mean like all other like what uh lady vengeance lady vengeance uh, old for lady boy vengeance. Old Boy. Old Boy helped have kick it movies. over, though, a little bit. I think Old Boy and... Well, I think Old Boy was helped by Battle Royale. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think Battle Royale came out and then, like... Which is funny, because they're not get more from... shit like this. Yeah, exactly. They're not even from the same country, but I know, it's that's still, like, where funny. can I get more Battle Royale? <laughs> yeah, like, where, where can things that are like Battle Royale, but are not from where Battle Royale is from? It's like, are you asking me, like, other movies that are made overseas? It's like, yes. I didn't know how to phrase it at the time. I think with Parasite, people are finally starting to be like, oh, fuck, South Korean cinema. There's a lot there. Some good shit. I have literally a list of like 35 movies on my phone that are all South Korean movies. Like, and it's like, yeah, from, yeah and it's like, it's like, there's a lot like, and they're all pretty highly regarded too. Like a lot of them are pretty like, well, liked, being like, yeah, this is a solid movie. Like this is something just not a lot of people have seen. Let's talk about the ending of Mother. <laughs> Let's. Did you notice he used the deep red move? Yeah. I thought that was so fucking cool when I saw him. I'm like, hey, that's fucking Deep Red. I wonder if Bong Joon-ho's seen Deep Red. Oh, for sure. So he uses the Deep Red move where the kid has to consistently recount what he's remembering because he has a bad memory. And he remembers seeing a face in a window as he walked by right before this girl disappeared. And he tells her about it and she knows who it is. It's so great how they do it. Cause the guy, like you've seen the guy before, but you don't realize he's important. It's that perfect little, like that dude's going to be super important. You just don't know it yet. Mm-hmm. He's an old junk man. And she goes to visit the old junk man. And that's kind of the scene I want to talk about. Oh yeah. It's a good scene. The collector. 
Yeah. That poor old man. Poor old man who was like, nope, your son did it. Yeah, that's, that's well, no build up there, huh, Tyler? Just, well, yeah, your kid did it. <laughs> you, you old crazy bastard, you. No tension. We don't need tension. No, he's, he just sits down and like, yo, son, he's a murderer. Here's how. <laughs> You're like, Morgan Freeman, what are you doing here? He's like, I'm playing the old collector. And they're like, but you're not South Korean. He goes, they'll digitally paint over me. <laughs> and you're like, this is the weirdest movie I've ever seen. But I can speak South Korean perfectly. And he just cuts into a South Korean. You're like, fuck me. Is Morgan Freeman speaking South Korean? Who knew? Oh, damn, fuck shit. I spent a lot of time over that, you know? Yeah, I guess so. So, like, he kind of does tell her. He's like, yeah, your kid did it, like... She threw a rock. Like, essentially what you find out is the girl who she's been digging into finding out who this girl was and why would he do this. You find out that she was kind of like this girl who, like, if you paid her, she would fuck you. And also, like, they called her rice cake girl because, like, that's how it got started back in the day, which not great. Like, not good at all. I feel real bad for this girl. It's not good. It feels, man. when When you find that out, you're like, oh, I don't care who killed her. I feel so bad for this girl. Like yeah and you like the reason you find out that it all went down is you find out when the rock gets thrown at him as he's walking away from where she steps into the darkness that was her and what he says to her that that precedes her throwing the rock is he says what do you not like guys and she says to him hey i don't like guys and like she kind of like essentially says like guys treat me like shit because i have this reputation and she goes and i'm not going to take that off of you you goddamn retard like, which is what she says. I'm not, like, being hyperbolic. Like, that's what she says. And yeah. something we find out over the course of the movie is, if you call this kid retard, he kind of goes into a blind rage. Yeah, we gotta stop saying that word. <laughs> Look, well, I know the movie says it, but I don't want to hear it. Well, no, no, I understand that. I understand that. I'm using it for the context of that. I'm not, I won't say it anymore. So if you call him that word, he will go into a blind rage. He proceeds to pick up the rock, and this is all from the perspective of the old junk man who's sleeping in a room where he can see this, and throws the rock and hits this girl in the head. That's the most upsetting thing I've seen in five years. Like, oh yeah, it's so quick. I think what's even more upsetting, what really drives it all home, is after she she burns down his shack and successfully oh. murders the junk man. <laughs> Oh, when she beats him to death, she's like, no, no, no. Yeah, no, she she beats him to death, and she burns down the, the thing. And they pin it on someone else. It's her they boyfriend, it Crazy P. more mentally challenged human being. Yeah, who, but his, his like, whole thing is, like, he's from an institution, and he like, has, like, anger issues, I think. Like, mm-hmm. that's his thing. His nickname is Crazy JP, so a lot of, like, just not liking a, a, a disabled, like, not, non-abled people. Which is a real bad time for those people. Yeah. And he gets let out. And he tells her, well, she was put on a roof. And like he goes, she goes, like, what are, what are you talking about? I was like, well, maybe, who, maybe someone who like put her on the roof, maybe they were trying to just get it so that she got help. Because she was hurt real bad. And that's when it like clicks for her. Like, oh, the collector was right. He yeah. did it. He, he is the murderer. Yeah, he absolutely. Because <laughs> like, why would he know that? He absolutely did it because what you see in the perspective, and I don't think the collector ever tells her this. I think this is something that clicks in her head. And I think we're supposed to believe it is what happened is he walks over to her and says, miss, are you hurt? He then kind of does this weird, almost pantomime of like a cop blowing a whistle, 
trying to get people to come over and help. He then proceeds to carry her up to the roof and lay her up there. And I think in his head, he thinks to himself, I've done everything I can to help this woman. I didn't do anything wrong to start with. I'm just being a good citizen. I think he doesn't even realize he fucking killed her. That's the thing is, I'm not sure. I think he might be, I think he might be that, that mentally challenged. Now, see, but the other, I don't the know, other part of it's something that he says at the end, because he does something yep. at the end that yep. is also that's where that's bad. where my argument kind of starts to fall apart. But I'm like, I don't know. So like, the, if he is, he's a great actor. Oh, he's amazing in this movie. Don't 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 get it twisted. Mother only works if the person playing off of her predominantly, who is the son, plays along. And that dude's really on board. Mm-hmm. Like, he's really funny. He's really tragic. You feel bad for him. You fucking hate him at times. He has a like, terrible drop kick. He misses hard. It's very funny. It is very funny. And it shouldn't be funny. But it's just the way he falls is just so so good. Three yep. Well, we got three out of four drop kicks on our on our list. <laughs> so it's at this moment she realized, yeah, he probably did it. And then she gets on a bus, right? And before she gets well, on that yeah. She's, yeah. She's at a train station after he gets released. I think he might have said that in while he was like in prison, while they were like getting him out or something, I don't know. But he's, or maybe he says it right before he hands her this. He's on his way back. They stop at the collector's house, and he's they like the friends that are driving him back are like, yeah, it burned down the other night. Nobody really knows why. Collector died, so they go and they kind of like rummage around see if they can find anything. And then before they get onto the bus, he gives her acupuncture kit, which she like keeps with her on all times. And she like had out at the collector. And that's when he it's like a blackmail thing of like, you know, I killed someone. I know you killed someone. I don't think it's so much a blackmail thing as it's him being like, I'm so thankful you're my mom. Like, thank you for doing this to like ensure that I would be released and you're right it is like i know and you know but like it's almost like we're forever tied to each other like you can't escape this like Mm -hmm. i'm he might be like and that's the part that almost strengthens my argument i go and like i think he's inherently evil like like i think he is i that's the fucked up thing you never really know It's, it's a devastating moment but it could also just be like hey i found this that's the other part you don't know but he does it with such like this twin there's like there's enough uncertainty in in his voice and the way he delivers it where you're like i don't fucking know like does anyone here want to comment on this and yeah and that's the thing is you'll never know and like i think that's that's, why that ending it's honestly that last five minutes why it kicked up to my number four like it was gonna be something it was gonna be okja and then when i watched that i was like oh fuck like this is like this is like really strong. Like, and she's good the whole movie. Like, it's a great little thriller. Well, that's the thing is, I think like the the the, the way that it like pays off that build, that like really artsy build, like really pays off in a way that I think it just ah just fucking goes, man. It's so good, and it works even if you've seen it. Like, that's the thing. It's like the movie still works. It's remarkably quick for two, almost two hours and ten minutes. Like. It moves yeah. decidedly well. He's really good at it's that. So like, good. In rewatching Parasite today, I was like, man, Parasite really books along. Like, it does not fucking waste your time. I don't think he has a movie under, like, an hour 50. I think his shortest movie is Barking Dogs at, like, an hour 50. <sighs> Barking Dogs could be an hour 30 if it would wanted to be. Barking Dogs could be 40 minutes if it wanted to be. Uh, okay. Well, let's not be cruel. Let's let him have a full film. He needs to start somewhere. 
I like think it's the second film is our number one. So, look, that's just a dude. Like, I think a lot of things came together at the right moment, and also I think he just really understood what he wanted to do. Like, yeah, I think he was really yeah. But we'll get there. Well, I guess we should move on to our number two. It's the, one of the greatest monster movies I've ever seen. And upon rewatching it in 2020 with this massive quarantine outbreak, boy, did that have a fun watch. Uh, it's the host. I hate dust more than anything. I will clean again. You don't have to clean up now. Why don't you dump this first? That's the morning formaldehyde to be precise to be even more precise dirty formaldehyde every bottle is coated with layers of dust pour them into the sink Ex excuse me just empty every bottle to the very last drop it's just they are toxic chemicals, and the regulation states that pour them right down the drain, Mr. Kim. If I pour them in the drain, they run into the Han River. That's right. Let's just dump them in the Han River. But you know, this is not just any toxic chemicals, so you the Han River is very broad mr kim let's try to be broad-minded about this hmm? anyway that's an order so start pouring You know what the best part of the host is? Is when the guy from Silence of the Lamb shows up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, the guy who hits on Jodie Foster's in this movie, he shows up in a couple of his movies. He's in Oakja and he's also in uh, Snowpiercer. Right. Right. I thought you were talking about... I thought you were talking about the guy at the very beginning. No, not that guy. No, that guy's from Walking Dead, I'm pretty sure. Well, yeah, I mean, he's not just from Walking Dead. He's from a lot of things. Well, Most no notably, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Ninth Configuration, which was a sequel, a spiritual sequel, to The Exorcist. Huh. I've never heard of The Ninth Configuration. It was based on a book by the guy who wrote the book for The Exorcist, and then it was also written and directed by him. Hmm. By that same man. So let me ask you. This was your first time watching The Host, right? Yes. What'd you think? It's pretty good. It's fun, right? It is fun. Like, and it's fun, but I mean, like, nowadays you're like, oh, this is a little real, isn't it? Yeah. I think the movie, for me, this one is the one that I'm like, wow, I really felt that length. I'm like, it did not need to be this long. I get what you're saying. It's weird, because it's actually, like, two hours. 
Like, yeah, it's weird that it's not his longest movie, but it is like two hours. It could be 90. Oh, I agree. I I think you could cut 30 minutes. But the thing is, I think you need to feel the desperation of that little girl growing. I think that and I think that the, the family stuff is good. I think that there's like maybe one or two many like there may be like one or two failed attempts too many. And I understand that you need the desperation and stuff like that, but I just think that there's it just it takes its time in that like early like forty minute to like forty to like sixty minute mark where I'm like you don't really need to take your time. <laughs> you can speed this up if you want. Also, P.S. Had we not been doing him this week, the week after, we would have been doing the host for Monster Movies last week. Had Bong Joon Ho not been a week later. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we would have had a longer discussion about the host, but I, I like the host. I like what it's like its messages, which is like America, pretty bad, right? I want to talk to you about <laughs> that. So, Kang Ho Song is in this movie again, mm-hmm. and do we get three faces of Kang? Yeah, we do. Oh, nice. Kang Ho Song's in this movie again. Let's describe who the main characters are in this movie. Who is the family essentially? Because that's all you need to know about. So you have Kang Ho Song, who is a slacker um, and has uh, dyed blonde hair. He's trying to be like a surf, like a California surfer dude, like very clearly. Like that's like just his look is like trying to be like kind of beach bummy, um, which I just find, I don't know, it's just funny and kind of like out, out there. He's um, crush- he crushes in this movie. He's very good. He he's goes good from in like, every movie um, of his. I mean, like, let's just say it like that dude's his De Niro. A phenomenal actor. But he goes from Beach Bum to, like, just one of the saddest people in any movie ever. Does it ever talk about, like, where the mom of the child went? Well, here is the thing. No, we never really find out. The mom is just kind of gone. She just took off, I think. And I think it was kind of up to him to raise him. And I think Kang Ho Song's character is a metaphor for the entire film. I think he Mm. is the representation of Korea and what Mm. Western influence has done to him. And I think by the end of that movie, after he has gone through that great trauma, you look at that character at the very end, things are very different, not only physically, but mentally with him. And I think we have seen him return to what maybe Bong wishes Korea could be before Western influence got in and kind of essentially polluted the water. Well, I think you're supposed to think the whole family is sort of like South Korea. I think Um, so, but I think he's very much the most example of the Americanized version of Korea. I get that. I think I think I agree with you because like the blonde hair and the shirts and stuff like that. Um, I I think those pants, those pants, those (laughs) Those awful awful pants. I love those pants. I think to to take this further, you have the brother who was who went to university, uh, was a demonstrator, and then hasn't been able to find a job outside of university. Okay, so um, either of them are married. Him and the him and the sister aren't married, right? They're brother and sister, and they're not like, okay. No, they're brother and sister. Okay, just checking. I think it represents the demonstrators of like a few years ago when South Korea went for, through, I think, like its third government to its fourth government. I could be wrong. I, I don't know. South Korean history, if I'm being honest. But it went from one government to like a more democratic government at a certain point. I think that's supposed to represent like that shift over of like the demonstrators that were still kind of like lingering, but like didn't really have anything. And then you have the sister who represents the like 
athletic side, the like side that's like trying to like move up the world in sports and like get gold medals and stuff like that, which South Korea is kind of known for. And then lastly, you have the dad who's definitely supposed to represent like the old ties to like pre pre war Korea, all that stuff. And then you have the daughter who's like the future. And she's kind of the thing they're trying to save. They are trying to save yeah. the future to a certain extent. And this movie, be- I'll say this. I remember, dude, I remember where I saw this movie. I was in theater 12 at the Riverside. I remember there was like nobody in this movie. And I came on like a hot Thursday afternoon. I sat down in there and I was like, fucking wow me, guy who tells me this is on par with Jaws. Because I was like, no, it's not. It's no fucking way it's going to be on par with Jaws. And I sat there and I was like, it's not on par with Jaws in every way, but there are things in this movie that certainly work the same way. The opening 25 minutes of The Host is one of the coolest, like, starts to a movie I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, it's just super cool. It's just super fun. And it's so smart the way they build it up. Like, it starts with them, with these two scientists, one a white scientist telling the Korean scientist, dump all of this down the sink, it's contaminated, it has dust on it, and the guy goes, this is formaldehyde. Like, this is supposed to be dispatched in a certain way. And he's like, pour it down the fucking sink. He's like, pour it down the sink. I'm in charge. I'm, I'm, it's like, it's like, why is this guy in charge? Like, he doesn't seem like he knows what he's doing. Like, the other guy clearly knows safety procedures. So it's later on, it cuts to two guys fishing in a river, which clearly is the river that they dump the shit into. And one of them catches something in a cup and you don't see what it is. And he goes, how many legs does that have? And you're like, well, that's fucking weird. I wonder if that's going to come back in this movie called The Host. Hey, look, it's the Simpsons Blinky. Ooh, oh That's no. really what I think of, too. So it then cuts, and we meet this family, and it's Kang Ho Song as the father, his daughter, his father, his brother and sister. The sister is an Olympic athlete. The brother is a, is a guy who was in the protest, as you said, and Kang Ho Song is kind of a guy who went to university but never could quite get a job after that, and he's just kind of, like, worked at his father's stand his whole life. I don't know if he ever... Does he say that he went to university? He says there's plenty of unhired graduates. I thought that was for the brother. Oh, maybe that is for the brother. I think okay, the brother, the brother just, went to the university and of, never got a job. He's just kind of a burnout. You're right, you're right, that is him. And the bro- Yeah, and he's just kind of a burnout. And he works at the dad's stand. Well, kind of works. By the way, it makes you want to own one of those stands, doesn't it? I, no. It seems like I could sell anything from there. No, because one day a host is going to come out of the water and eat everybody. No, that's only in that river. I'm going to do it here in America. <laughs> what river are you going to do it in Nevada? All right, that's all. Oh, the Truckee River? How about that? Yeah, well, yeah. Fucking three months out of the year. So what? Those will be the most profitable three months of my life. I'll be open sunrise to sunset. I just love that he's stealing legs, like octopus legs, to eat. <laughs> Such a weird crime. Such a weird thing to do. And the dad <laughs> is so patient with him. The dad's like, you can't, you can't, like, the dad's like, please just quit fucking up so yeah, much. Like, like, I want to not be frustrated with you. And he, but he's so, but he's so patient with him, though. He never yells at him. He's like, he's like, and I, by the way, you want to talk about Bessie in the movie? Bessie in the movie is where the dad is talking to the other two kids about him. Also, the dad admonishes him for stealing it off of a customer's plate. He doesn't admonish him for stealing, like, food. He's like, eat what you want. I don't give a fuck, but don't like, steal it from the customer. Yeah, exactly. He's like, we have these. Go make yourself one. 
So he goes and delivers these customers who he stole the leg off of their plate, while at the same time the father, the grandfather, and the daughter who have come home from school are watching the Olympics of their... It's, I don't I think it's the Olympics. I think it's just like the Nationals. Or oh, regionals. like the qual- okay, the qualifiers for uh, it. And the sister chokes when trying to shoot her bow and arrow. By the way, fucking dope setup for a, for a weapon to come. Oh, yeah. It's real smart. Like, when you see that, you're like, that fucking creature's gonna get a bow in the face at one point, I'm pretty sure. Boy, howdy. She doesn't do it right. They're all kind of sad. Kang Ho Song delivers the beer to these guys who are looking at something, and they're all staring across the river. By the way, if I saw that thing hanging there, and everyone on the other side of the river is like, oh, it's a bunch of trash, it's an art project, I'm still running the opposite direction. Don't care. As soon as I see it move, I'm out of there. Oh, yeah, what are you, fucking high? And not just that, like, you gave it inspiration. Like, they throw a beer can into the water when this thing... By the way, how do you describe it? What would you call this if you had to use four words? Four words. What if fish walk? Two-legged newt nightmare. But the big, big mouth tail fish. Big mouth tail fish ain't bad. I like big mouth tail fish. Okay, we got the name of the episode. <laughs> I'm oh. trying to think of one for Godzilla, uh, which is just... Two legs, fire breath. <laughs> These are the worst monster haikus ever. <laughs> Big mouth, tail legs, and <laughs> two legs, fire breath. In a fight to the death. So this thing falls in the water, and you proceed to watch the greatest 15 minutes of people just running from a monster. As soon as it like started to drop, I, you would have seen a, a dust outline of where I was. Like, the thing that makes this so funny is this monster is not the size of, like, a skyscraper. Like, what's so great about this monster is this monster is probably the size of, like, an RV. Like a, like a, like a medium RV, I would say. Mm-hmm. But it's the most nightmarish thing you've ever seen. It's real upsetting to look and at. I don't and like it's it. it's fast. That's and, the problem. And it's that's not where, just that's fast. Where I don't like it. It's not just fast, it's smart. Like, I, I fully believe that thing is pretty smart. Like, there's a weird hunter intelligence to it, I guess is what I'm saying. I think you're right. Yeah. And this thing just starts running. Kang Ho Song is take off. You get to watch people get up. There's weirdly, like, a white guy who starts to try to fuck this thing up at one point. I think that's so funny. I think America Why kind of starts it with a giant monster. Now, let's get real, Okay. I don't, I don't say a lot of positive things about our country these days. That shit showed up anywhere in America. Be 10 minutes before someone gunned that thing down. I disagree. You think so? I think that thing's eating on a buffet. Ah, someone would have a first, gun eventually. The first response would just be like, ignore it. Like, don't even bother. Or, it's by poor people, who cares? <laughs> or, even worse, it's by, like, people of color. So, like, who doubly cares? God, what's wrong with you? That's just how America works. It's racist. I'm sorry. I, I, I know. I know. Jesus. Jesus. We were having fun. Remember the, remember the fish names we were coming up with? Okay. Let's go back to that. Let's go back to that. So this thing, like, starts just tearing ass through, and Kang Ho Song is, like, trying to fuck it up. And, like, he then runs and grabs his daughter, who, like, almost gets mowed down by a bunch of people. One of the great scenes of him running turns around. It's not his daughter's hand he's got because they get knocked down at one point. His daughter gets snatched up by this thing. And that's the premise of the movie. They have to go fucking get this thing. Yeah, and they're investigating, and the twist of all twists, the daughter calls on a cell phone, and the, before the cell phone gets out, he, like, talks to her, and it becomes a where-is-she movie. It's really The Searchers, isn't it? 
It really kind of is, yeah. Yeah, this is weirdly like Bong Joon-ho's The Searchers. But, you know, the thing they're trying to stop is not a racist Indian. It's a fucking monster. You know, so... turn to like a half monster, half Korean person to try and find it. That's true. <laughs> like they did in The Searchers. Searchers, weird movie politically. Yeah, yeah. Good movie, too. That's the worst part about it. I mean, John like Ford, good director. It's it. Well, yeah, I mean, John Wayne went at one point. Good. Like, I mean, terrible person. Yeah. That's no, going to be a long conversation if we ever have to do a John Wayne movie. Well, let's leave it there. You do have that redacted button we can use. Yeah, redacted. It's at this point, the movie is about catching this monster and, like, getting her. And it really is, like, in that level of Jaws where it's, like, you're kind of just left to wait for it to come back. Like... That's kind of the thing about this movie is like something it's eventually going to come back and try to eat again because it needs to eat. She doesn't get eaten, which is weird. Like it spares her. Doesn't eat children, it seems. Oh, I've never put that together. Maybe it just doesn't like the way they taste. Yeah, but if you had veal. Oh, man. Ooh. All right. We're all right. <laughs> Our number one spot. <laughs> no, no, we're not done. We're not done with those. I want to I want to ask you what your favorite scene is. My favorite scene is when they are crying at the memorial and they all show up and just start bawling and get kicked out. I think that's the fucking funniest thing. <laughs> when when the brother fucking just throws Kang Ho Song aside. It's so funny. Like, Kang Ho Song, when he raises his hand and says, Sir, I got blood on my face. He's so proud because he thinks he's helping. It's very cute. I love I love him. He's so good in this movie. This like I, I mean I'll say it my favorite scene where the father talks to the talks to the other two kids about like hey don't don't pick on your brother he's not like you guys he got caught up in this world of like transitioning to like what American Korea is now you guys got lucky you didn't have to go through it like he's had his hardships like he'll never kind of be able to do what you guys have done so take yeah. care of him because I think the father knows he's going out. I think the father realizes that he's not long for this world. I do love that the father's kind of a gunslinger at the end of the day. Like, he's like, I ain't taking shit off this fucking thing. Let's get some shotguns and let's fucking... So like, the father essentially, like, breaks them out of prison and says, we're going to sort this shit out ourselves. We're going to drive around in this fake fucking smoke truck and we are going to fucking shoot that thing. I like him because he's got a real John Wayne and the shootest vibe, <laughs> which is like, I know I'm going to die because of this, but, like, I'm going to take some fuckers with me. I will also say Kang Ho Song running behind the smoke truck is the most upsetting moment in a while that I've seen. I'm like, ah, oh, it's, it's real sad. It's just like so sad when they are going to cut his brain out. <laughs> and by the way, when you find out where the hospital is, because you're like, OK, he's probably got to get down three levels. And it's like, oh, they're just out by the beach. <laughs> a really funny moment is him like walking out of the thing, like with the with the nurse, like with a syringe. It's like she'll fucking get it. <laughs> <laughs> so get this bad blood. What do you think about the ending? Do you do you think it's fair? Do you do you feel bad? I think thematically the ending works because I don't think you can have the stakes of like they need to do something and then not pay it off, especially with like how damaging America is and like like the Agent Yellow stuff and I think you kind of have to pay off like the whole plot idea sort of is what I'm trying to say and by killing his daughter i think it does work because like it makes all of that worrying and all that pathos like kind of like oh it was sort of all for nothing like we did kill this monster and that's good for korea but like 
personally i'm still like very devastated because like my family member like my family's like totally fucked up like we lost our matriarch we lost like the youngest person in the family like i'll take care of this boy but like i still lost my daughter because of this and i think i think it pays off pretty well i think it works i mean i i like that the other kid gets to live i almost kind of like that there is like a still a semblance of hope for the future i also like the kang ho song has kind of like now become like the hero of this like idea like if you do host too, like kang ho song is like prepared this time well that's the thing is i really love the image of like him on the beach and like oh yeah just ready like... to fucking murder that thing again yeah, like if another one of these comes out, like if someone, whatever caused this could potentially happen again. And he's kind of like, yeah, we'll still work here, but I'm going to be ready if this ever happens again. And I think that's a good metaphor that the person who was the most Americanized and had to like suffer yep. through like Americanized Korea is there to fight it off the next hmm. time he sees it. And I think that's Bong kind of like talking about himself because I feel like yeah. he is, you know, very Westernized. I mean, he's not Westernized, but he's, you know, very attuned to, like, Western sensibilities, and so I think he's kind of, like, it's sort of autobiographical in some way. Is this where... What does he do after after this? He does Mother. Okay, so he's still deep into the Magnolia phase. So Um, he's he's about to... No, so he doesn't transition out. I think Host got him... Like, springboarded him into America a little bit because Memories of a Murder and then the Host... But, like, I think from what I remember is, like, there's a bit of a gestation. There's, like, three years between that. So I think he makes Mother and then tries to make Snowpiercer. And then that whole fucking kerfluffle happens. And then, like, comes back. Well, it doesn't really come back because he kind of makes Okja also in America. (laughs) And then comes back to make Parasite. By the way, by the way, Okja on the opposite end of the spectrum of where the host creature is. My girlfriend made a joke about when watching Okja, which is the Jake Gyllenhaal in Okja is the uh, opposite end of the spectrum to Jake Gyllenhaal in Nightcrawler. They're the same person, but they're at the other ends of the spectrum. (laughs) He is so upsetting in Okja. He's all over the place in Okja. He's he's great. Like there's there's a lot to I will say this. If we're going to do the thing where we do the Bong Joon-ho, what do we call that? The rest of the list? I don't know. Yeah, the rest. I guess we did call it the rest of the list. If we're going to do that for that one, we'll, we'll have a talk about Hall. But yeah, no, it, the host is solid, man. Like, the host is really strong, and I'm glad it's on this list, but yeah, it's, not our, it's not our number one. Our number one is a movie that David Fincher said inspired Zodiac. Memories of Murder.
아저씨 얼굴 봤어? 어떻게 생겼어? 그냥... 뻔한 얼굴인데? 어떻게? 그냥... 평범해요. memoirs of a geisha's murder memories of murder in the fifth memories of a murder so foul memories of dial m for murder (laughs) make this name easier to say like it's so easy to say but you're just like always like memories of a murder like that's what you think you should say but it's memories of murder like yeah i always put an uh in it but i'm always wrong yeah i know i always almost do too i'm always like memories of and like then you have like memories of murder I think in time we're going to look at Parasite as a masterpiece. I think this is his first like real masterpiece. I think this movie oh. fucking whips. I will argue that if you want to look at each of these movies, Mother is, I think, his real like, ah, just kind of go like, like, what can you do for a budget movie? It feels like I feel like the host is kind of his cult movie. This is his like. And Parasite is obviously like the movie that anointed him, I guess. And this is just like his first, like, holy shit, this dude's here to stay. Like, mm. this is this is mean streets for him. Like, this is like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Yeah, no, this is a big one. I think this is like this like catapults him internationally. Yeah, it's um, it's an incredible film. Yeah. Uh like I don't know if, if you haven't seen Memories of a Murder, what are you doing? Man, like what are you doing? So I'll I'll tell the story because I told it to Tyler off the air. I watched this movie this week and I was sitting there and I was sitting in bed and I I sat up at one point and Brielle was doing her hair in the mirror and I was like, the fuck? And Brielle's like, what is it? I said, I think I got like a director's cut of this. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, the last time I watched this, I don't remember half this shit going down. And she's like, when did you watch it? I was like, about this time and she goes she goes you were working like super late then i go yeah and she goes is it possible you fell asleep and i'm like maybe and i went and i google i'm like there's no director's cut of this i didn't watch any of this this movie's fucking incredible like this movie was number three on my list but it's make no mistake this is a strong fucking contender yeah i think this is probably going to stay number one until bong jino makes something that really knocks my socks off i feel bad Uh, for that dude huh I feel bad for that dude, honestly. Like, that dude has to now sit there with the idea of people, like, like people in the ether going, like, how do you follow Parasite? Like, I feel bad for that dude. Like, that dude that dude had to also follow this, to be sure, but he's on a much higher level of exposure now, I guess. I mean, yeah, well, that is true, but we do... I just, like, I want everyone to give him a, like... A soft, a soft triple. Like, let him have a triple, okay? Let like, him... it's cool. Like, it's cool. Let... You know what? Just fucking let him make his Snowpiercer. Just like make, let him make his version of it. 
you're just the saying, fucking Weinstein's involved. Just let him try it again. You're just saying give him Snowpiercer again. Be like Snowpiercer. They just like be like Snowpiercer two, and it's just essentially like the Evil Dead equivalent of Snowpiercer, where they just let him do it again. Just like yeah, just remake it. Fuck it. There's good everybody's, things everybody's in Snowpiercer too. Just try it again. That's the worst part about that movie. There are good things. Yeah, it's a it's a fucking mess, but it's the type of mess that only a good director can make. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. We'll, we'll talk about it. So yeah, we'll talk about. It. Memories of Murder is a movie about Korea's first serial killer. First documented serial killer. Yes, first documented. Spoiler alert, we know who it is. You can Google Memories of a Murder. It'll tell you who the actual killer is. It's nobody investigated in the movie or was investigated at the time. Nope. It's just some random guy, as murders like this sometimes are. It's just some guy you just never would have expected. It doesn't diminish the quality of Memories of Murder at all. I think the movie still holds up just as fine with it. If 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 anything, it actually makes it better because you're like, no, your guys are like in the, looking in the wrong direction. Like everyone's looking in the wrong direction. It's just it's like not even like you guys are so wrong. And it's not like they don't want to do a good job. Okay, here's my question to you too: Are they all there because they didn't necessarily want to be cops? but because they tested well for it? Well, I have a feeling one of them definitely did not test well for it. Who do you think that is? The guy kicks people. Well, I think he's got his own brand of justice. Like, it, there should be a whole show about him just doing the justified show, but just just drop-kicking people. He seems like the type of guy that got that job because he was a good policeman and then stumbled upon something accidentally and then got promoted to detective. And that's kind of what it feels like. Like, he just got promoted up. I mean, he's the fucking Russell Crowe from L.A. Confidential. He's good with his fists, and he can keep his mouth shut and follow orders from commanding officers, especially if he respects them. Like, and he does, clearly. By the way, the guy who runs the whole, like, operation is one of the greatest performances in a cop movie. I just, I love that old man. If you do ever fight again, I'll fucking kill both of you. And you're just like, okay, I can't wait. There's so many interesting aspects to it that I like. The movie takes the like bones of a very trite serial about this. Like you, you can kind of see like where even though this is inspired by real life, it's out in the sticks. It's like small town cops. You have the guy coming in from the big city who like trained at the police academy and knows all the police stuff. And he's coming in. He's going to fix up the whole thing, right? So you have, like, the bones of, like, a very trite, like, paint-by-numbers mystery movie type thing. And then the, the movie slowly subverts all of it. The Hick police are bad because they hone in on one person. They try to make the evidence fit one person. And they try to get that person to admit to it by torturing them. I mean, sometimes torturing them. Sometimes, sometimes making them reenact it. Sometimes just kicking them in the chest a bunch. Oh my uh, God. That poor mentally challenged boy, like that poor webbed fingered boy, oh, that poor scarred up boy. Like I just, I feel so bad for him every time. I'm just like, dude, like, can we someone help him? Like, please. When they're at the crime scene and the the old his his dad is like, he's innocent. That's my boy. My boy is innocent. That is one of the most heartbreaking scenes I think I've ever well, seen. By the way, this is his best shot movie. Uh huh. Oh, I mean, like there are shots during like like twilight hours and shit. Like that shit where Kang Ho Song's riding on the on the back of that thing at the beginning. Of this 
is so fucking well shot. Kim Hwang Koo. What else has he done? Has he been with him? Didn't have a hyperlink on uh, Wikipedia, so I couldn't couldn't select him. Did um, he has done uh, the host as well? Did the host? Makes a lot of sense, actually. Uh, he did like one fine spring day. Oh, that makes sense. He works with Sang Soo Hong, who's like by a lot of like art house people is considered like the best art house South Korean director. Made movies like Grass, On the Beach at Night Alone, Future of Man is Woman, Claire's Camera, Tales of Cinema is another one. Those movies are universally some of the best shot movies that come out of South Korea. So that makes okay. sense. He's a very okay. good cinematographer. Yeah, he's he's very talented. We've talked about the one detective who drop kicks. That's kind of what he does. He's the muscle. You have mm-hmm. Kang Ho Song's character, who is like the lead detective, the one who kind of catches it first. He's not really probably supposed to keep doing it, but they kind of just keep him on because he was there from the start. I think he sort of grows from a guy who becomes very oriented to like this. Like We have to make them like confess. He becomes much more of a facts guy by the end. And I feel like the other guy we'll talk about kind of they kind of like have a reversal, of course. I find it very interesting. It's weird. Kang Ho Song almost plays like Gyllenhaal in Zodiac, and the other guy almost plays like Ruffalo mixed with Robert Downey Jr., where it's like, I'll do anything I can to make it happen, but I'm still an officer of the law. Like, there is a moment where the other guy says to him, he goes, I just want it to be over. Like, But I, th- I think it sort of flips. I think Song goes from being the, like, Gyllenhaal, like, man obsessed. Like, not, like, obsessed with it, but, like, man, like, he seems like he's not playing more, less of like a ruffle and more of like just like a B cop just trying to get it solved. He sort of turns into Robert Downey Jr.'s character, like yeah, a man haunted fair. by it who can never get over it. Well, they're uh, whereas, all haunted by it in Zodiac, to be fair. Pretty much. Whereas the other guy, we don't see him in the future, but at the, at the, at the end of the movie, he sort of turns into Gyllenhaal, where mm, it's okay. like, I need to make these pieces fit. But the pieces don't fit. You're you're putting together three different puzzles. Like, you don't have all the information you need because of like shoddy detective work. The fact that the guy did all of his murders like in the rain, thusly like all of the evidence is like washing away. It's such um, a smart plot device that you don't need even to like be like, yeah, we didn't write that. That was the real thing. Like that dude was that fucked up to think of that. It was it was sort of that real thing. My favorite scene. We'll get to my our favorite scene real quick. My yeah. favorite scene is when the female detective realizes that it has something to do with the rain on rainy nights. This like certain song plays every time. And the fact that they don't even like say, hey, good job. At first, they're like, no, you're stupid. Like, why would this be a thing? And then even when she's right, they're still not like, oh, good job. Hey, yeah, you're right. No, like, one, oh, no one ever gives whatever. her props. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Pretty, and it's very sexist because it's like she should be part of the team <laughs> and she's not. And I think the movie kind of like points that out. Like, yeah, no, she wouldn't be part of the team. Like they would just like they would just be like get back to your desk, your secretary. You just feel so bad for. Yeah, I don't know. You feel really for, bad for her. For me, I'm trying to think. I'm not trying to think what my favorites. I mean, I mean, I'll fucking say it. Like, I think the ending is fucking haunting. Yeah. The last scene of this movie, ladies and gentlemen, and we said we'd talk about stuff, is Kang Ho Song's character goes back to where it all began, this little drainage ditch, and he's now like a salesman. I think he sells like coffee makers or something. Uh, fax machines or printers, I think. I think, yeah, you're right. Fax machines and printers sounds more correct. 
So he goes to this place and he's looking in this ditch where it all began, where he found the first body and he gets up and he turns around and there's this little girl there with a backpack. And she goes, what are you doing? And he's like, I was just looking at something. And she goes, why? And he goes, just remembering something. And she goes, that's weird. And he goes, why? And he goes, there was a man here like a month ago. And he said the exact same thing. And like Kang Ho Song just has like this look on his face of like, fuck, like he was here. He came back. Like he goes, he's still there. Like, I can't stop him. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think he even has to ask, like, what did he look like? I think he even asked, like, what did he look like? He goes, you know, just like, like, she couldn't even give a description. It's like, fuck. Like a guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you're just like, oh, shit. Like, and Kang Ho Song looks directly into the camera. And like, you've said it best. What, why, why is he doing it? So the, the whole point is Bong Joon-ho knew that the killer would eventually, the person who actually did it would watch the movie. And so it's kind of uh, his admission that like throughout the movie, Kang Ho-san, he has this thing where he like stares at people and he can tell whether they're guilty or innocent or if they have like a guilty conscience through it. And so he does that stare like into the camera, essentially like, ju- like not like essentially like looking at you, the audience and trying to find the killer like he is trying to find it through the lens of the camera and judge him and yeah it's a, it's a real haunting ending it, it's 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 upsetting i think it's it, it, like it's every time haunting. i watch it every time i watch it it's like on par with zodiac yeah the ending of zodiac is still my favorite but like that ending of memories of murder you're just like holy shit like what the fuck like you you've been taken on a journey i have to erect this thing yeah, you wanna you wanna do the two outside? I'll do the two inside since those are kind of our movies. Um, yes. All right, so you get you get the first one. So I get the I get number one. You, uh, get, you get number four. I get number four. I know that the lasting image is of of the. Oh main wait, no, character. no wait, no wait, no no. I would get number four and number you two. Get, you would. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. That's right. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. Uh, it's going to be... <laughs> I mean... Fuck, what, what should it be? I was going to say, the daughter doing Jessica, only cousin, United States, Illinois. Like, doing the, like, little, like, rabbit song. So we have we have an animatronic up there? No, no, no. She just has, like, the fingers, like, like curled, like she's doing the, like, rabbit thing. And it's her face, like, doing mm-hmm. it. It's not animatronic. Okay. Let me, let me could just be her face. I don't know. I like the I like the, the the daughter. I think is very important to Parasite. We didn't talk about Parasite, but really, why do you think that? Because she's she's the only one of them that could have made it out and like actually like had upper mobility. Mobility. That's why she gets murdered. Oh, that's interesting. I've never. That's why you know what? You, you, you talk me into it, Jessica. By the way, the one of the funniest deliveries of a line is when he she when they say, "What is that little yellow book you're walking around with?" And he goes. He goes, it's her diary. And Jessica goes, you scumbag. How dare you read it? And just starts reading it. It's so good. It's so great because you're like, oh, Jessica. Also, just the line. It's the saddest moment, too, where like it's bittersweet where he says, like, Jessica belongs in this house. Like, you can see it. Like, yeah, Jessica looks like she was supposed to be here. That's the thing. It's like she has upper mobility. She looks like she could be a rich person. She looks yeah. like she could become a rich person. Which is yeah. why her murder is so tragic. Not why it's so tragic, but it's why it's tragic to that family. It's also you get a second respect, and it's just creepy. I will say, anytime he says respect, it's creepy. 
The second, the first one is just like, it's so like that dude is dialed into what he's doing. But the second one, you're just like, oh, that is the whimper of a dying dog who wants his master to pet him. And the master's like, ew, gross. You smell like turnips. I turned on your lights, you piece of shit. So, we're at three? Yeah, we're at three. I think you got to put Mother up there. Oh, yeah. I think we just reenact the poster of Mother, but it's him just behind her slightly. <laughs> but yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, number two, the host. And this could be the most frightening Mount Rushmore in some ways. <laughs> if you put the host up there. I mean, I'm thinking about it, but like. Okay, let me let me ask you this. Like, I, I think I know what your number one's going to be. But just on the off chance that I don't, I am preemptively <laughs> putting Kang Ho Song with the quarters on his face. Okay. I was going to say mine could be the foot from Memories of a Murder. I honestly think yours should just be like Kang Ho Song looking at you. Well, obviously. That's yeah. what it's going to be. But wouldn't it be so funny if it was a severed like leg? No. Gross. Ew. And then below, spelled out across like legs that are drop kicking, is just the words the Bong Joon Ho Memorial. Memorial drop kick, yeah. Yeah. Well, we did it. Closed out the, the Bong Joon Ho Mount Rushmore of Awesomeness. That went a lot smoother. I was wondering what was going to happen there. Yeah. Oh. There wasn't a whole lot of fighting for that one. Next, no. next time. Next time. Oh, boy. Oh, no. You've got, you've got that trump card in your pocket. You can be like, no, no, I want this. I really only have one request to get on there. And I think you're going to be on board with it. I can't imagine it's not on yours. But who knows? You, you, <laughs> you, you're going to take some real weird roads with this one. Mm-hmm. So, guys, you can always follow us at TWGTF on Twitter. You can always follow... Me at ET Critic for the Empty Theater Critic. You, Tyler, is anywhere they can follow you? Uh, no, I'm just going to collect some drug. Uh, I fair, oh, no, don't. Don't let that old lady give you acupuncture. But before we go, we have to also ask the question of Tyler. Next week, I have tasked you with finding two movies that are directed by a very special director, Alan Smithy. So the first one we're going to do is technically not the first movie to get the Alan Smithy credit, but it's the first movie released into movie theaters to get the Alan Smithy credit. Written, not by Alan Smithy, just directed by Alan Smithy. It's a movie called Death of a Gunfighter from 1969. A movie that was so good that Roger Ebert said, this Alan Smithy kid has a future ahead of him. Not quite in those words, but like he did praise Alan Smithy's apt direction. And then we're going to go to the 90s, so Jodie Foster movie it was originally directed by Dennis Hopper, but the credit of the theatrical cut goes to Alan Smithy, and that is Catch Fire. Okay, I've never heard of either of these movies. Yeah, yeah, no, you asked me to fucking you, ugh, you son of a bitch. Oh, I'm interested to see what these are. Dennis Hopper, Jodie Foster, Catch Fire. There's this. There's a director's cut. I will also send your way. Whichever you like want to watch. Backdraft or something? That's the, the one that's authorized movie? as. Not Backdraft. It's Back something. Backtrack. Backtrack. Fuck. Interesting. Terrible name. So there's Backtrack and Catchfire. Interesting. Okay. Well, guys, then that is what we'll be doing next week. Alan Smithy movies. We'll get into him. We'll talk about what this Alan Smithy thing is all about. And then after the next one. You can get your 1939 fix and you can you can finally do it. 
finally doing fucking stagecoach, man. God damn it. Is that what we're doing? Finally get to watch fucking stagecoach again. So, so weird. Such weird anger from this one. But for TWGTF, two white guys talking film, I've, of course, been your host, Ben. And I am a monster in the river. And remember, guys, if you don't go down to that river, if Tyler's down there and he has that monster, he will grab a beer can from you and he will shotgun all of them and he won't pay for any of the beers because that's what he does at the river. I've seen you, Tyler. You're banned from our stand. Get out of here. First, I eat the beers. Then I eat the humans. Just two white guys talking film. The line, we'll talk about it, but I just want to say, rewatching it, I just finished it. Uh, rewatching it and saying, we bought it from America. It's made in America. It should be fine. That is the funniest thing I think anyone has ever said in a movie to me. It's so funny, right? Like, <laughs> they're talking about the TV, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just on, like, there's like four levels that that's funny. You want to hear the grossest line you'll ever hear? Will you buy me drugs? I don't, yeah, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, it's not great. I don't like it. It's bad. Yeah. It's not good. There's a tunnel right after Katarina Bridge. A tunnel? Mm-hmm. A fucking long one. Try to get a certain movie that I cannot say because I realized it would uh, spoil what the fuck I was doing. Oh. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> I almost just went like, this movie?
We'll say it and I'll cut it out. I almost made a joke about me trying to get the on the fucking... You're a fucking mountain. asshole. Don't, don't fucking do that. I will fucking veto your shit so quickly. I almost want, I almost was going to be like, yeah, man, this next one's a real... And just like, and just see, let that sit there. Oh, hey, fuck, we're talking about that. Forty-five minutes. All right. Fuck. Thank God I have Disney Plus. Thank God. These don't have to go all on right, to it's down. On, it's on Disney Plus, doesn't it? It's on Disney Plus. Yeah. I'll watch oh, that soon. Fuck. I don't want to watch that movie. I tried. You also five have to. Years ago. You also have to rewatch. I've never seen it. You also have to watch. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I hear you don't watch so much as it watches you. Is that true? It, yes. Oh, we should have this talk now. Do we want to make? <sighs> I mean, if it is, if if I if Naomi and I could finish our rewatch of before You've got ten weeks. That yeah, I know. Well, I mean, maybe longer depending on if we have to take a break or something. But yeah, we should be able to. I mean, we just we're in the second season of right now which is the hardest part of it oh god uh, let me get over that boulder as my wife once said once i said i was out that's really that's really where i was too although the last few episodes are really good i feel like if we make it would be like an argument like do we make all of like part of it because no like, because that was a tv show at the time he shot that like he said that's supposed to be shot and watched like a movie like that's true and he didn't he didn't direct or write a lot of it so he didn't have like a creative input well in but the return he writes of... and directs all of yeah it. Yeah, uh, that's yeah, why, yeah that's why that's the other reason saying. that's the other reason why too it depends on whether or not i want like whether or not i think i can fit both the re- it's kind of your list next time it sounds like so 